Welcome to Service Accommodation Secrets with me, Sally Kemba. This is the podcast where you get the on the ground experience that we're living and breathing with our service accommodation units. So you get to share our hacks and tips, our mistakes, so you can learn from those and thrive on our success. Hi, and welcome to this episode of Service Accommodation Secrets. It's Sally here, and I'm really grateful for you joining me for this episode. And what we're going to be talking about this time is guest messages and automation. This can be done in a variety of ways. If you're really new to service accommodation, you may have systems in place, you may not. If you are experienced in service accommodation, you may have VAs handling this for you. You may have a full-on system in place with all sorts of software and your processes all working like a dream. But you may be somewhere in between, and that's what we are currently. And we send most of our messages through our channel manager because that's a central place that we keep lots of templates And our initial messages to our guests when they first book are automatic. And that really helps in lots of ways because it, you know, is more efficient and guests know that you're going to respond quickly because they don't want to book and then discover you take like six hours to come back to them. Doesn't really encourage them to think that you're going to be there for them. So you want to set off in an efficient way. And what I thought would be five parts of their journey as a guest, so the whole guest experience, I will go through. So the first one is all about when they book and the whole thing of what happens immediately after they book your service accommodation, whether it's your apartment, house, whatever kind of property you have. So that will include things like payment, um, any issues with that, and also what kind of things they like as uh, the welcome pack, how they want the property set up. But I don't go on to that part until we've got the payment section sorted and terms and conditions signed. But that's all prior to their stay once they've booked. So the second part is all to do with the location of the property. So letting the guests know where the property is, how they can check in, and whether that's a meet and greet or via a key safe or you might have Keynest or another option, and then issuing them a code. And so they're going to arrive and check in. So how that all works, there'll be messages about that. And then during their stay, so courtesy message, you know, how their stay's going, if there's anything you can help them with. And number four is what to do prior to checkout. So how to leave the apartment, what what to do with the key. And we also talk about reviews and what we can do better and take on board to improve our service at that point. And the fifth thing is any follow-up later, which we actually do outside of our channel manager. And it's not automated, but it is part of our guest communication. So I've included it because it is important. Okay, so let's go to the first point. Now, thinking about the whole guest experience, the guest is going to book your service accommodation and they may book 
through booking.com or another online portal, whichever one they like to use. Or it may be a direct booking through your website, or it may be a phone inquiry that you take, or it may be that you have somebody like Silverdor or Situ phone you, so one of the um, more corporate travel agents who always phone you, but they can't, they don't just book. They'll always ask for quotes and availability and that kind of thing. But then you will need to process the payment and take the booking on. So then all of your automatic messaging and all of your templates for messages that go out to guests will come into play just the same. So regardless of how your guests come to you, you will have a process for everything that goes out to them from the beginning of thanking them for the reservation, which is our very first automatic message. Or in the case of Airbnb, thank you very much for your inquiry, because I'll explain in a minute, but Airbnb is a bit different. From there, right until they've stayed, enjoyed their stay and left and afterwards. So you're going to have all sorts of messages you send to them, not to email bomb them, but just so they've got enough information, they know where they're going, they feel comfortable and you can help them in all sorts of different ways. And at the end of their stay, you can get feedback from them, make sure they're happy. And so they know how to leave the property, what to do with the key, etc. And then, as I say, follow up afterwards. So think about their experience as a guest. What do you want to know if you book something? So if you book your holidays on booking.com or anything like that, you want a prompt response. So our very first message to our guest is from Tukik, because that's where we have all of our messaging go out at the moment. And that's our channel manager. So there are lots of different channel managers, but I'll come to that in a minute. So our very first email is that thank you for your reservation. And then after that, we have to take payment. And if that is through booking.com as an example, we'll take payment immediately unless the booking is more than two months in advance, in which case we take a 20% deposit. But nonetheless, we still have a payment to process. So we'll process their payment and we have Stripe integrated with Chukit. So a guest will give their credit card details usually and direct bookings. You may have bank transfers and so that would be straight into your bank account potentially and you may be invoicing them a bit differently. But the guests themselves will still need to know their reservations acknowledged and then you process the payment. If the payment is successful or received into your bank, then for us, that triggers another automatic email and that email confirms their booking. So the reservation does a similar thing in that it talks about the number of guests and confirms the dates, the night stay and the numbers in the party. The confirmation confirms the booking. So that's the dates and the number of nights stay and the number of people in the booking again. But then they know that their bookings actually fully confirmed. Now, the difference with Airbnb is that we do have instant book switched on with Airbnb. So that means somebody could book subject to availability straight away and then they could check in that night. You can set it to inquiry only. But even though 
We have it set to instant book. Sometimes people do just send an inquiry initially, so they might want to know what the rate is for children. Is it different? Or they may want to know other arrangements that you have, your, something about your location. Are you near the town? Are you near the station? All that kind of thing. So they may just send an inquiry. So for Airbnb, our first message actually is just thanking them for their inquiry. But Airbnb actually take payment and do check ID as well. So with Airbnb, once the payment has been taken and the bookings confirmed from Airbnb to our channel manager, then a message goes out saying, thank you very much for your booking. It's confirmed. And again, confirms the date, number of nights, people in the party, so number of guests. And so there's a slight difference there. But with all other bookings, once we've taken the initial payment, we will always send out this confirmation so guests know that they're staying and where it is, which apartment, and the number of people in their party. So if payment is successful, that's great. That's nice and straightforward. And so we can move on to the next stage, which is an automatic email, which sends out our terms and conditions. We still send these for Airbnb, but we don't request their Airbnb guests give us their ID because we don't need it because they do that. But we do ask them to sign our terms and conditions still. So the T's and C's email will go out and we also request ID and security. And so that's an automatic email as well. And this asks them first of all, to sign the terms and conditions. And there are standard terms for staying at the property. And we also ask them for uh, proof of address. We ask them for their next destination, particularly if people are flying in and we're near Gatwick. So they might fly into Gatwick or Heathrow's not too far away either. So if people are flying into airports, obviously we are going to request their passport. And it's best to check their next destination, ask them for that if they're flying in because they are guests. So we don't have tenants, we have guests. So we need to ask these things. And if people want us to book taxis and things like that, it's useful to actually have their flight numbers as well. So people will either supply that in answer to this or ask us later. So just to summarize that bit, the payment, once it's made, that triggers the terms and conditions to go out and the request for ID. Now this is currently through to keep, but we are systemizing at the moment. So we are going to be using Formsite, which will be slightly more robust checking of ID because at the moment to keep's contract it is is a digital contract which goes out and people can sign with their mouse and then they can upload an image of their ID. But it's not as robust as Formsite which takes a bit more information and also form sites store all the customer details, the guest details on their servers. We don't store them. Whereas with our current situation, we don't have any emails flying about with ID, but we do have our secure system of Takit and that holds everything in a filing cabinet, it's called, or file cabinet. And so Takit terms and conditions contract is a template that you can adjust and ask it to include the ID check and then it automatically goes into your file cabinet. 
So if it's business as usual and that will work, that's great. You can move on to whether the guest has a particular request for their welcome pack. So we do tea and coffee, but also herbal tea, decaffeinated coffee and tea, depending on what people like. And we also offer bread and milk of the guest's particular type they like the best but also if people don't like carbs and things because we also offer cereal they can just have a selection of fruit instead so that's no problem because it's better that guests actually get something they really enjoy rather than just what you tend to give because that's just wasteful really and it's a really nice feel-good factor for guests who actually arrive and we've had a review about this as well so a guest actually said oh I asked for filter coffee and fruit and I got it and sounded really happy and that's great because it's a small thing but it makes all the difference to somebody coming to stay they don't have to go out to the shops immediately although lots of people like to but it just means that they arrive and they don't have any hassle and they can just relax more quickly. We also request uh, the bed setup that's needed so it may be that there's a family or a couple of friends or, you know, partners. So you, we need to know whether people need a king size bed, which is what we have in our one beds and our main bedrooms. And our second bedroom, one of those has got a king size bed that is a zip link, which separates into two singles. So you can't assume what people want. And we also have sofa beds. So we need to know whether they want a couple of singles and the sofa bed, if there's you know more guests or whether it's just one king size. Now, if there's only one guest, that's really easy because they just can have the king size. And so we don't need to ask them that particular thing. But we do ask so that our housekeeping team can know what to do to set the room up the way the guest likes it. And then it's all really nice once the guests arrive. You don't want guests having to sort all that kind of thing out because we have, you know, linen all stored away and, you know, the way we present the property is the same as it looks on the online portals like booking.com. So you want them to arrive and it's really nice. You don't want them having to find sheets and all that sort of thing. And we also have bug lock protectors and, uh, you know, protectors under them, the sheets. So those are all in place. So if beds are get separated with the wrong size and all that kind of thing, it just become a nightmare. But anyway, you want to arrive in a hotel, not worry about those sorts of things. So you want the same in-service accommodation. You want to arrive and not worry about those sorts of things. You don't want to feel like you're at home and having to do your linen laundry and all that sort of thing. So we make sure that that's all sorted out and there's enough towels and everything for the number of guests. So that's that part of the choices. And then we, if we don't hear back about the welcome pack or the bed setup, we do have in our template about the choices and the bed setup what the default is so if they don't choose anything we say this is what it's going to be like so they know if they don't get around to answering then that's what they're going to get because we have to set it up somehow and some people just don't answer so you know you just think okay we'll go for that so that's really good we have these various templates set up to ask guests that and if, you know, you think about your guests, they're arriving somewhere they've not been before normally, or they may have stayed in the area, but they're staying at your property, but they need information about how to get there and how to check in. So we have a key safe, but some guests do like meeting and greeting, so they do like us to meet them. So particularly if, for example, we had a corporate guest who was likely to stay you know, numerous more times, 
Um, but he said, would we mind checking him in the first time as he hadn't been? So that was fine. But lots of times people find it more convenient actually to use the key safe. So we have to make sure that they've got that information. And we do send that the day before they check in. Or we might send it two days before if they've got a long journey to come and they won't be able to check their emails. And we do send the code for the key safe. But it's really important to note that we don't send the code unless they've A, paid and B, signed the terms and conditions. Sometimes these things can happen like a couple of hours before check-in. But ideally, you want it to happen quite a long time before. Obviously, with same-day bookings, you can't do anything about it. You just have to go with it. But most of the time, people are fine and they just haven't had time. They're busy, you know, so they don't want to constantly be checking emails and, you know, be bombarded with information. But equally, you need them to assign those things. And we insist on that before we send the code. Because once a guest has checked in, you know, there's no incentive for them to sign your T's and C's and you want them to agree before they're actually in the property. And so if on that point, actually, if we have a same day booking, we have a single email that goes out about the property and about parking, about the welcome pack, about the bed setup and how to find a property and that we'll send more detailed key safe instructions as well because we do send out the choices and the setup emails separately because they're shorter. Uh, my husband Pete and I have a sort of different take on lengths of email and how much information to send people. So he says people like small amounts of information in separate emails. But my feeling is that if somebody's arriving that day and they miss one of the emails, it's easier for them if it's just in one, even if it's a bit long. And so that's why we have two separate ones, really. So we have the longer version that includes everything for same day bookings. Or if somebody's coming in a couple of days, you know, they might say, I won't be able to check my emails or something like that. And you'll quite often get requests on something like booking.com. People might ask you about parking or they might ask you about a taxi shuttle or something like that. So we will also, in advance of the guest stay, send information about parking, particularly because we don't have an allocated space because we're right in the town centre and five minutes from the railway station. So we do have that as well. At taxi service, you can organise, you know, meet and greet by the taxi company. And we've done that. And actually, it's really helpful because the times otherwise you might end up being on the phone yourself to the taxi driver and the guest at the same time have done that because they can't see each other. So sometimes the meet and greet option for the guest at the airport by the taxi driver is better. But that's another matter. But that's something we can arrange for guests, but we don't. Um, include that in our prices so they'd have to have that as a service but a paid full service so that's an additional thing before they stay of course directions are really easy these days because we have google maps and so people can just locate uh, with the postcode so that makes life a lot easier but we do have a visual map that we send out with our parking email as well and as i said all of these are templates but after the booking confirmation, which is automatic, the terms and conditions, which is automatic, and the security information, which is automatic, the choices, parking and bed setup, those messages are templates, but they're not automatic. And that's really because depending on the number of guests, we'll have a different, slightly different configuration of email. 
because if it's one guess, we don't need to know the bed setup. That's largely it, but there's a few other things. And if the guest is all paid out and signed, T's and C's and everything's fine, then you move on to, you know, when they actually check in. So that's the next stage there, arrival at the location of your property and checking in. So you want to make sure they actually know where to go in advance of their stay and, you know, parking, as I said, they need to know where they can do that or get there by rail, taxi, etc. So once they're actually there, we have instructions of how to get to the key safe and the code. But you may end up with a phone call from the guest if they find that confusing. So you may have a VA who answers the phone. You may be doing it yourself. You may have um, somebody in your team, wherever you are, whether it's the UK or elsewhere. So you, you may get phone calls then if people can't find stuff. And I know there are different services. So some people have a digital lock, but some people use Keynest, which is a key that the guest goes and picks up. So it really depends on your property as well, because it may be that key safes don't work for you because there's nowhere to put them. It may be that Keynest is the best option in that case. Or you may decide you don't want to do Keynest because it means the guest doesn't just go to your property. They've got to find another location first. But it really depends how you decide to run that. And we do have a few messages for things that are issues like failed payments, for example. So we send out a message to request that they update their card or choose a different card to pay with or pay by a transfer into our bank because we don't want to just send a, a cold email. We send something that's, you know, friendly. Usually people have just messed up or they might have put in the wrong expiry date or something like that. But sometimes, you know, you do get fraudulent bookings. And within booking.com, we have, for example, a 14-day period in advance of the booking in which you can't get a refund. So if people book for tomorrow, they still have to pay. But of course, if you can't take payment as the merchant, if the card is declined, for example, then unless you tell booking.com that as an example, they'll still ask you for the commission for the booking because they don't know. So they have a whole system in place where you mark the card as invalid in their extranet, in their system. So you mark the card as invalid and then you say why and it's all online. And then the guest has chance to update their card details or give a new card. And so that means that they have time to sort that out. So we send a manual manually sent message but it is a template to the guest just saying please can you make alternative arrangements for payment because your card was declined or whatever else it was that happened so we have the templates but if there's something else that's happened then the VA can always change that so we do have a great VA in the UK and we're also taking on board an overseas VA for the evenings as well and so they'd be able to slightly alter a template. So, you know, if it wasn't a declined card, if it something else had happened, then they could alter that text. But usually they can just use the standard one. And all of our messages are numbered and have titles. So they're easy to find in our system. So they can just be selected and sent out. And it automatically puts in the guest name and our sign off in there as well. If there's anything that's ad hoc, random or particularly unusual as a request, we do have a default 
bespoke message. So it just says message from our company with our greeting and sign off. And so either you, your PA or VA, your team member can just fill in whatever the message is. And that could become a frequently asked question. So you could add that to your templates if you wanted to. And if a guest hasn't already sent in their ID and their code, that's not an automatic message, but we can send chaser messages out to get those. And if somebody really hasn't responded, we will WhatsApp them, usually a phone call, but via WhatsApp, particularly if they're overseas and, you know, then find out what's going on. And sometimes it's just people are busy or actually they may not have even got your email. So I've had that situation. Our VA rang a guest and he was blissfully unaware that we'd sent him anything to this email that had been included in his booking. So that was fine. We sorted all that out and she was great and got that dealt with. So if your guest has all their information, and they arrive. We then have an automatic message that goes out 24 hours after their check-in time. And it's a courtesy email. And that just asks them if they're happy, if everything's going okay, or whether they need anything else. And that can be really good to nip in the bud any problems that are going on. So, you know, if they've got an issue with, I don't know, the cooker or the toaster, or they don't know how to make the shower work or something, Actually, after 24 hours, you'd hope they would know how the shower would work because that would not be good. But, you know, anything that they weren't sure about, then you'd be able to tell them and it wouldn't become any kind of issue. They wouldn't be thinking, oh, they shouldn't contact you because most people are just quite happy doing their own thing. But we do also have a manual guide in the apartment, which has full instructions for things like the radiators, the cooker, the washing machine. And we did start out with your welcome and put videos on there and PDFs as well because we had a lot of PDFs actually on how the whole of the facilities in the property, the kitchen, the heating and everything all work. But we found that it didn't really quite work out with different updates and PDFs would disappear and, you know, the charger cables disappear. And also because a couple of videos went out of time with the action and the voice, by quite a long way, Pete started making YouTube videos. And so we're building up a bank of those instead. So you may have a guest portal in your channel manager, which you could build out. So the guests could log into that and find out more. But if you have a YouTube channel that can have a full amount of information about all of those things, your heating system, where the hairdryer is, all that kind of thing. The next thing is that If the guest has any issue, you want to make sure that there's emergencies covered as well. And so you are there for them to contact you should they need to during their stay. And the next thing that we send is an automatic message. And that's the night before they check out. So about six o'clock in the evening, UK time. And our checkout time is 10 a.m. the next, you know, on checkout day at the latest. And so they receive this email and it just tells them where to put the key and, you know, just a reminder to close windows, etc. Thank you for their stay. And we also ask them if they would be good enough to leave a review at this point, because it's sort of uppermost in their mind at this point. And if there's anything else that they want to give us feedback. So it may be that there are things we do that they really like, we carry on with. It may be things that we don't do that they'd like us to do. And it may be things that um, they want us to stop doing that they don't like. 
So whatever it is, it's really good to take that on board. And recently we had a guest stay and we needed to put hooks up in our hallway and we hadn't got around to getting the maintenance chat there because we were trying to find a day where all of the apartments are empty and I managed to block out a Thursday evening in the end so that the maintenance chat could just do all of these smaller jobs in one day. Actually, it was scheduled for earlier the week before, but in the meantime, a guest stayed who couldn't hang up his coat after being out in the rain. So bless him. He left a review saying there was nowhere to put my coat. But now there is, so unfortunately not in time for him. But these things, they just help. And, you know, obvious thing like that, get your hooks up so that people can hang up their things. But things that make all the difference, the little things make all the difference to guests. And so if you get feedback then, it's a really good time to take that on board because if they leave the next day and they're busy with their life, quite often they actually completely forget to leave a review. Some people do, but I think just sending it while they're still there, they can also actually think about what they'd like to see there. Once they've left, you know, they've got to recall it all. And we do also say to guests that if they like to contact us, if they're looking to come to Red Hill again, because we're in Red Hill in Surrey, then we do take direct bookings if they've booked through one of the online travel agents. Potentially, we'll give them a discount as well, especially if they're longer term stays. So we send that as an automatic email the night before checkout. And then once the guest has actually left, particularly if they've indicated they return to the area, we'll do just a nice follow up and, you know, ask them if they've got other stays coming up and just say hi, see if we can help them. So that might be a phone call as well as an email just to keep in touch with people. Because if you make it easy for people, they're more likely to rebook. And if you know they're happy, then they're more likely to rebook. So that's not through our channel manager. That's actually a separate kind of follow up. But I thought I'd include that as number five. And other points to mention are that we have other various messages that are templates and that do go out, but it's dependent on the stay. So as I said, some people want to book a taxi and we don't send that out automatically, but we advertise that we have that as a potential paid for service. So sometimes people ask that there is an initial template for that and then a confirmation template for taxis. And there's also a message if a guest is a long-term guest and they come back every week or if they're staying full-time so they don't actually check out, then we arrange their service clean day with them. So if they want additional things in their welcome pack or if they have a different preference for anything in the apartment. So, you know, if we had a long-term stay where there was a mother with her daughter staying, but sometimes she'd have somebody else come as well. So her sister came, so she needed a different bed configuration. But as a rule, we'll do a service clean weekly for longer term guests and, you know, refresh linen and fully clean the property. And so we have emails about that. They're not automated, but they are templates. We also have some emails that are to do with things that aren't business as usual. So if there is a problem with the guest payment and say, for example, it's in booking.com, we've had to mark the card as invalid. 
We'll have sent out the email saying we've had to mark your card as invalid. We haven't been able to take payment and it will be polite. So it won't just say it like that. It will be a really nice email that goes out. But then if people still don't respond, we can cancel, for example, through booking.com if we've marked it as invalid. But if it's another method that people are coming, if it's not a company where we invoice at the end of the month or after the stay, we need payment in advance, we'll have templates that go out as reminders and requests and payment has to be made before the guests can stay. And so unless that's made, then they can't stay. And the same with the check-in information. They, the guest doesn't get the full check-in code unless they've paid and signed the T's and C's. So it's really important to do that because if they actually are able to check in, you know, you're never going to be able to sort that out. So really important. And that's why our check-in email and our check-in code for our key safe isn't automatic because it is dependent on those actions taking place. And we have another one that is a message chasing security. So if people haven't sent their ID, for example, we have another message for that. So we have a few additional messages. But essentially what you're looking for is the whole guest experience and the whole booking process. So you've got the start where they initially book or inquire, as I said, right through to where they check out. You've got a whole process and it will be steps that have to be followed and completed. But there may be You know, if this has happened, then that's great. Go to the next step. But if this hasn't happened, then do this. And then this message will go out to say chase security and T's and C's as an example. So basically, you're making it a great process for you in terms of managing your guests. But also it means that they're happy. They know what's going on. They know what to expect when they arrive. And hopefully it surpasses their expectations and they'll be really happy. But also you've kept them in the loop of communication the whole time. Because I think even if somebody has an issue, as long as you've spoken to them or dealt with it, you know, by email, however you've done it, as long as they're in communication with you and you're sorting things out, then they're really happy. But if you have this void of space where they've no idea what's going on, then, you know, guests become very unsettled. And sometimes you can have glitches with emails and stuff not arriving. So for to keep, for example, Airbnb and to keep sometimes part ways and you don't, you don't get things going through. But on the whole, we find that works really well. Now, obviously, there are other channel managers. So, for example, you've got Kigo that's very advanced and you can do all sorts of stuff in there. And there's Guesty that lots of the guys have like Ahmed because it plugs into all these different apps. And he has VAs as a service in there, frequently asked questions and all that sort of thing. So there'll be templates as well in there. And there are other channel managers, many, many, many different ones. And we're actually changing from just using Tukit. So we will use something that links into Tukit. So that's Trello. And then we'll be able to get our VAs to follow the process. Because we have a process in place, we can transfer it there. And in fact, it's already transferred there, but they're going to start learning how to use that so that we don't have to be involved in the loop unless it's something really unusual that only we can deal with. And 
you know, ideally we want to have a property manager to replace us as well. But once a VA is much more experienced, they'll know the types of things to sort out. And so the booking, because it goes through this process from an upcoming booking, payments, T's and C's, choices, you know, giving guest information for check-in, they check in, then they stay, you sort out any issues for them, make sure they're happy, then they check out and then you follow up. All of this whole process you've got as something that happens as the back end of your business, but they receive it as their whole journey as your guest. So as long as it's all working, things work out brilliantly. But if there's ever an issue, and sometimes I've had templates that have been automatic messages and I don't know, it's paused or it's not gone out or it's gone out twice, that kind of thing. So it's not a perfect thing. But most of the time, 99.9% of the time, we find the automation works really well, but we haven't automated everything, as you can tell. But it's mostly to do with the booking and the payment triggers. And after that, rather than thinking we'll just automate everything because things need checking, we're going to hand over to you know new team members, VAs, who will help us with that. And that all links in with, you know, so the choices for the guests links in with Takit. So the notes in there, the supervisor, Sarah, who's brilliant, and the housekeeping team all know what to get for the guests. So it's in the apartment and the apartment's clean and ready for them. So it all links into the whole system. But I just thought it would be really useful to share with you what we send out automatically. And we keep the information quite light. You know, it's quite simple. But keep it friendly because people don't want to receive really officious things. And I have had a phone call um, to a guest who was lovely in the end, gave us a great review. But he was coming from overseas and he really felt upset about the message we send out about security. So requesting ID and address. And he said, I feel like a criminal. But I explained to him that actually all guests receive this and it's purely because he's coming from overseas. And, you know, you you do have to have these procedures because we do get fraud. I didn't go into a whole thing about that with him, but I explained that all guests have this. And it may be that you have a fraudulent booking. And if you have that process where an address is weird or doesn't match up, or because you've been able to mark the card as invalid because it was declined within Stripe or whatever payment system you're using, it can avoid you having a fraudulent booking. Because if the guest responds with another card that isn't valid, which we've had happen, but then you question it and you say, you know, you need to send your ID, you need to send your proof of address, then, you know, that will get rid of a lot of issues for you because a guest who isn't a real guest or has a fraudulent card won't be able to stand up to those kind of things. And it's not we're trying to give people a hard time. You know, somebody who's completely honest The most worry that they have is making sure they can operate the technology to get the information to you. And obviously it's being GDPR compliant as well. And so that's important. We have a privacy policy and it's all in line with GDPR as well. But so it's just to make it all nice and easy and efficient for guests so they've got information and consistent information. Because if you're always doing the same thing, the guest has a consistent service. They know what to expect. So even regular guests get all of these emails. And, you know, they know that, you know, if they need something unusual, they can message us and we'll help them. But they know to expect the T's and C's to come out because that's just part of making the booking. And it's a business after all. 
So it's just making things nice and easy all round. And if you can delegate a whole process with specific messages to somebody like a VA or a member of your team who's an admin assistant or property manager, that just means your whole essay business is going to work that much better. So I hope that's helped a lot. And you may already have automation going on. You may have comments that you can make in our community. And if you want to post in Service Accommodation Secrets, the Facebook page or the group, feel free. If you need to message me about anything, go ahead. It'd be great to hear what else you'd like to hear in the podcast because I'm always really happy to hear feedback and just share what we do because we did have training that helped us with this. But equally, you know, we're constantly improving this, constantly making it a better experience and thinking, oh, I didn't think of that. So it's all about sharing. I look forward to seeing you in the next podcast. Sharing the secrets of success.